Section eighty three of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book twelve, chapter four. Fortune smiles on Mitya. It came quite as a surprise even to Alyosha himself. He was not required to take the oath, and I remember that both sides addressed him very gently and sympathetically. It was evident that his reputation for goodness had preceded him. Alyosha gave his evidence modestly and with restraint, but his warm sympathy for his unhappy brother was unmistakable. In answer to one question, he sketched his brother's character as that of a man violent-tempered perhaps and carried away by his passions, but at the same time honorable, proud and generous, capable of self-sacrifice if necessary he admitted however that through his passion for grushenka and his rivalry with his father his brother had been of late in an intolerable position but he repelled with indignation the suggestion that his brother might have committed a murder for the sake of gain though he recognized that the three thousand roubles had become almost an obsession with mitya that he looked upon them as part of the inheritance he had been cheated of by his father and that indifferent as he was to money as a rule he could not even speak of that three thousand without fury as for the rivalry of the two ladies as the prosecutor expressed it that is of grushenka and katya he answered evasively and was even unwilling to answer one or two questions altogether did your brother tell you anyway that he intended to kill your father asked the prosecutor you can refuse to answer if you think necessary he added he did not tell me so directly answered alyosha how so did he indirectly he spoke to me once of his hatred for our father and his fear that at an extreme moment at a moment of fury he might perhaps murder him and you believed him i am afraid to say that i did but i never doubted that some higher feeling would always save him at the fatal moment as it has indeed saved him for it was not he killed my father alyosha said firmly in a loud voice that was heard throughout the court the prosecutor started like a war-horse at the sound of a trumpet let me assure you that i fully believe in the complete sincerity of your conviction and do not explain it by or identify it with your affection for your unhappy brother your peculiar view of the whole tragic episode is known to us already from the preliminary investigation i won't attempt to conceal from you that it is highly individual and contradicts all the other evidence collected by the prosecution and so i think it essential to press you to tell me what facts have led you to this conviction of your brother's innocence and of the guilt of another person against whom you gave evidence at the preliminary inquiry i only answered the questions asked me at the preliminary inquiry replied alyosha slowly and calmly i made no accusation against smerdyakov of myself yet you gave evidence against him i was led to do so by my brother dmitri's words i was told what took place at his arrest and how he had pointed to smerdyakov before i was examined i believe absolutely that my brother is innocent and if he didn't commit the murder then then smerdyakov 
why smerdyakov and why are you so completely persuaded of your brother's innocence i cannot help believing my brother i know he wouldn't lie to me i saw from his face he wasn't lying only from his face is that all the proof you have i have no other proof and of smerdyakov's guilt you have no proof whatever but your brother's word and the expression of his face no i have no other proof the prosecutor dropped the examination at this point the impression left by alyosha's evidence on the public was most disappointing there had been talk about smerdyakov before the trial someone had heard something someone had pointed out something else it was said that alyosha had gathered together some extraordinary proofs of his brother's innocence and smerdyakov's guilt and after all there was nothing no evidence except certain moral convictions so natural in a brother but fetchikovitch began his cross-examination on his asking alyosha when it was that the prisoner had told him of his hatred for his father and that he might kill him and whether he had heard it for instance at their last meeting before the catastrophe alyosha started as he answered as though only just recollecting and understanding something i remember one circumstance now which i'd quite forgotten myself it wasn't clear to me at the time but now and obviously only now for the first time struck by an idea he recounted eagerly how at his last interview with mitya that evening under the tree on the road to the monastery mitya had struck himself on the breast the upper part of the breast and had repeated several times that he had a means of regaining his honor that that means was here here on his breast i thought when he struck himself on the breast he meant that it was in his heart alyosha continued that he might find in his heart strength to save himself from some awful disgrace which was awaiting him and which he did not dare confess even to me i must confess that i did think at the time that he was speaking of our father and that the disgrace he was shuddering at was the thought of going to our father and doing some violence to him yet it was just then that he pointed to something on his breast so that i remember the idea struck me at the time that the heart is not on that part of the breast but below and that he struck himself much too high just below the neck and kept pointing to that place my idea seemed silly to me at the time but he was perhaps pointing then to that little bag in which he had fifteen hundred roubles just so mitya cried from his place that's right alyosha it was the little bag i struck with my fist fetchikovitch flew to him in hot haste entreating him to keep quiet and at the same instant pounced on alyosha alyosha carried away himself by his recollection warmly expressed his theory that this disgrace was probably just that fifteen hundred roubles on him which he might have returned to katerina ivanovna as half of what he owed her but which he had yet determined not to repay her and to use for another purpose namely to enable him to elope with grushenka if she consented it is so it must be so exclaimed alyosha in sudden excitement 
my brother cried several times that half of the disgrace half of it he said half several times he could free himself from at once but that he was so unhappy in his weakness of will that he wouldn't do it that he knew beforehand he was incapable of doing it and you clearly confidently remember that he struck himself just on this part of the breast fetchikovitch asked eagerly clearly and confidently for i thought at the time why does he strike himself up there when the heart is lower down and the thought seemed stupid to me at the time i remember it seeming stupid it flashed through my mind that's what brought it back to me just now how could i have forgotten it till now it was that little bag he meant when he said he had the means but wouldn't give back that fifteen hundred and when he was arrested at Macro, he cried out i know i was told it that he considered it the most disgraceful act of his life that when he had the means of repaying katerina ivanovna half half note what he owed her he yet could not bring himself to repay the money and preferred to remain a thief in her eyes rather than part with it and what torture what torture that debt has been to him alyosha exclaimed in conclusion the prosecutor of course intervened he asked alyosha to describe once more how it had all happened and several times insisted on the question had the prisoner seemed to point to anything perhaps he had simply struck himself with his fist on the breast but it was not with his fist cried alyosha he pointed with his fingers and pointed here very high up how could i have so completely forgotten it till this moment the president asked mitya what he had to say to the last witness's evidence mitya confirmed it saying that he had been pointing to the fifteen hundred roubles which were on his breast just below the neck and that that was of course the disgrace a disgrace i cannot deny the most shameful act of my whole life cried mitya i might have repaid it and didn't repay it i preferred to remain a thief in her eyes rather than give it back and the most shameful part of it was that i knew beforehand i shouldn't give it back you are right alyosha thanks alyosha so alyosha's cross-examination ended what was important and striking about it was that one fact at least had been found and even though this were only one tiny bit of evidence a mere hint at evidence it did go some little way towards proving that the bag had existed and had contained fifteen hundred roubles and that the prisoner had not been lying at the preliminary inquiry when he alleged at Macro that those fifteen hundred roubles were his own alyosha was glad with a flushed face he moved away to the seat assigned to him he kept repeating to himself how was it i forgot how could i have forgotten it and what made it come back to me now katerina ivanovna was called to the witness-box as she entered something extraordinary happened in the court the ladies clutched their lorgnettes and opera-glasses there was a stir among the men some stood up to get a better view everybody alleged afterwards that mitya had turned white as a sheet on her entrance all in black she advanced modestly almost timidly 
it was impossible to tell from her face that she was agitated but there was a resolute gleam in her dark and gloomy eyes i may remark that many people mentioned that she looked particularly handsome at that moment she spoke softly but clearly so that she was heard all over the court she expressed herself with composure or at least tried to appear composed the president began his examination discreetly and very respectfully as though afraid to touch on certain chords and showing consideration for her great unhappiness but in answer to one of the first questions katerina ivanovna replied firmly that she had been formerly betrothed to the prisoner until he left me of his own accord she added quietly when they asked her about the three thousand she had entrusted to mitya to post to her relations she said firmly i didn't give him the money simply to send it off i felt at the time that he was in great need of money i gave him the three thousand on the understanding that he should post it within the month if he cared to there was no need for him to worry himself about that debt afterwards i will not repeat all the questions asked her and all her answers in detail i will only give the substance of her evidence i was firmly convinced that he would send off that sum as soon as he got money from his father she went on i have never doubted his disinterestedness and his honesty his scrupulous honesty in money matters he felt quite certain that he would receive the money from his father and spoke to me several times about it i knew he had a feud with his father and have always believed that he had been unfairly treated by his father i don't remember any threat uttered by him against his father he certainly never uttered any such threat before me if he had come to me at that time i should have at once relieved his anxiety about that unlucky three thousand roubles but he had given up coming to see me and i myself was put in such a position that i could not invite him and i had no right indeed to be exacting as to that money she added suddenly and there was a ring of resolution in her voice i was once indebted to him for assistance in money for more than three thousand and i took it although i could not at that time foresee that i should ever be in a position to repay my debt there was a note of defiance in her voice it was then fetchukovitch began his cross-examination did that take place not here but at the beginning of your acquaintance fetchukovitch suggested cautiously feeling his way instantly scenting something favorable i must mention in parenthesis that though fetchukovitch had been brought from petersburg partly at the insistence of katerina ivanovna herself he knew nothing about the episode of the four thousand roubles given her by mitya and of her bowing to the ground to him she concealed this from him and said nothing about it and that was strange it may be pretty certainly assumed that she herself did not know till the very last minute whether she should speak of that episode in the court and waited for the inspiration of the moment now i can never forget those moments she began telling her story she told everything the whole episode that mitya had told alyosha and her bowing to the ground and her reason 
she told about her father and her going to mitcha and did not in one word in a single hint suggest that mitcha had himself through her sister proposed they should send him katerina ivanovna to fetch the money she generously concealed that and was not ashamed to make it appear as though she had of her own impulse run to the young officer relying on something to beg him for the money it was something tremendous i turned cold and trembled as i listened the court was hushed trying to catch each word it was something unexampled even from such a self-willed and contemptuously proud girl as she was such an extremely frank avowal such sacrifice such self-immolation seemed incredible and for what for whom to save the man who had deceived and insulted her and to help in however small a degree in saving him by creating a strong impression in his favour and indeed the figure of the young officer who with a respectful bow to the innocent girl handed her his last four thousand roubles all he had in the world was thrown into a very sympathetic and attractive light but i had a painful misgiving at heart i felt that calumny might come of it later and it did in fact it did it was repeated all over the town afterwards with spiteful laughter that the story was perhaps not quite complete that is in the statement that the officer had let the young lady depart with nothing but a respectful bow it was hinted that something was here omitted and even if nothing had been omitted if this were the whole story the most highly respected of our ladies maintained even then it's very doubtful whether it was creditable for a young girl to behave in that way even for the sake of saving her father and can katerina ivanovna with her intelligence her morbid sensitiveness have failed to understand that people would talk like that she must have understood it yet she made up her mind to tell everything of course all these nasty little suspicions as to the truth of her story only arose afterwards and at the first moment all were deeply impressed by it as for the judges and the lawyers they listened in reverent almost shamefaced silence to katerina ivanovna the prosecutor did not venture upon even one question on the subject fetchikovitch made a low bow to her oh he was almost triumphant much ground had been gained for a man to give his last four thousand on a generous impulse and then for the same man to murder his father for the sake of robbing him of three thousand the idea seemed too incongruous fetchikovitch felt that now the charge of theft at least was as good as disproved the case was thrown into quite a different light there was a wave of sympathy for mitya as for him i was told that once or twice while katerina ivanovna was giving her evidence he jumped up from his seat sank back again and hid his face in his hands but when she had finished he suddenly cried in a sobbing voice katya why have you ruined me and his sobs were audible all over the court but he instantly restrained himself and cried again now i am condemned 
then he sat rigid in his place with his teeth clenched and his arms across his chest katerina ivanovna remained in the court and sat down in her place she was pale and sat with her eyes cast down those who were sitting near her declared that for a long time she shivered all over as though in a fever grushenka was called i am approaching the sudden catastrophe which was perhaps the final cause of mitch's ruin for i am convinced so is every one all the lawyers said the same afterwards that if the episode had not occurred the prisoner would at least have been recommended to mercy but of that later a few words first about grushenka she too was dressed entirely in black with her magnificent black shawl on her shoulders she walked to the witness-box with her smooth noiseless tread with the slightly swaying gait common in women of full figure she looked steadily at the president turning her eyes neither to the right nor to the left to my thinking she looked very handsome at that moment and not at all pale as the ladies alleged afterwards they declared too that she had a concentrated and spiteful expression i believe that she was simply irritated and painfully conscious of the contemptuous and inquisitive eyes of our scandal-loving public she was proud and could not stand contempt she was one of those people who flare up angry and eager to retaliate at the mere suggestion of contempt there was an element of timidity too of course and inward shame at her own timidity so it was not strange that her tone kept changing at one moment it was angry contemptuous and rough and at another there was a sincere note of self-condemnation sometimes she spoke as though she were taking a desperate plunge as though she felt i don't care what happens i'll say it apropos of her acquaintance with fyodor pavlovitch she remarked curtly that's all nonsense and was it my fault that he would pester me but a minute later she added it was all my fault i was laughing at them both at the old man and at him too and i brought both of them to this it was all on account of me it happened samsonov's name came up somehow that's nobody's business she snapped at once with a sort of insolent defiance he was my benefactor he took me when i hadn't a shoe to my foot when my family had turned me out the president reminded her though very politely that she must answer the questions directly without going off into irrelevant details grushenka crimsoned and her eyes flashed the envelope with the notes in it she had not seen but had only heard from that wicked wretch that fyodor pavlovitch had an envelope with notes for three thousand in it but that was all foolishness i was only laughing i wouldn't have gone to him for anything to whom are you referring as that wicked wretch inquired the prosecutor the lackey smerdyakov who murdered his master and hanged himself last night she was of course at once asked what ground she had for such a definite accusation but it appeared that she too had no grounds for it dmitri fyodorovitch told me so himself you can believe him the woman who came between us has ruined him she is the cause of it all let me tell you grushenka added she seemed to be quivering with hatred and there was a vindictive note in her voice 
she was again asked to whom she was referring the young lady katerina ivanovna there she sent for me offered me chocolate tried to fascinate me there's not much true shame about her i can tell you that at this point the president checked her sternly begging her to moderate her language but the jealous woman's heart was burning and she did not care what she did when the prisoner was arrested at macro the prosecutor asked everyone saw and heard you run out of the next room and cry out it's all my fault we'll go to siberia together so you already believed him to have murdered his father i don't remember what i felt at the time answered grushenka everyone was crying out that he had killed his father and i felt that it was my fault that it was on my account he had murdered him but when he said he wasn't guilty i believed him at once and i believe him now and always shall believe him he is not the man to tell a lie fetchikovitch began his cross-examination i remember that among other things he asked about rakitin and the twenty-five roubles you paid him for bringing alexey fyodorovitch karamazov to see you there was nothing strange about his taking the money sneered grushenka with angry contempt he was always coming to me for money he used to get thirty roubles a month at least out of me chiefly for luxuries he had enough to keep him without my help what led you to be so liberal to mr rakitin fetchikovitch asked in spite of an uneasy movement on the part of the president why he is my cousin his mother was my mother's sister but he's always besought me not to tell anyone here of it he is so dreadfully ashamed of me this fact was a complete surprise to everyone no one in the town nor in the monastery not even mitya knew of it i was told that rakitin turned purple with shame where he sat grushika had somehow heard before she came into the court that he had given evidence against mitya and so she was angry the whole effect on the public of rakitin's speech of his noble sentiments of his attacks upon serfdom and the political disorder of russia was this time finally ruined fetchikovitch was satisfied it was another godsend grushenka's cross-examination did not last long and of course there could be nothing particularly new in her evidence she left a very disagreeable impression on the public hundreds of contemptuous eyes were fixed upon her as she finished giving her evidence and sat down again in the court at a good distance from katerina ivanovna mitya was silent throughout her evidence he sat as though turned to stone with his eyes fixed on the ground ivan was called to give evidence End of section 83